Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. The Super Bowl commercials are in some cases a bigger event than the game itself, and they become part of pop culture for years to come. On today's Ask the Expert, we're joined by Dr. Rama Yelker. She is the dean and a professor of marketing at TWU. She is in the KRLD Zoom room. Dr. Yelker, thank you so much for the time. Thank you for having me. You've been studying these ads for decades. When did they become as big as the game itself? I think about 20 years ago, um, when uh, when audiences start exclusively watching the game for the commercials, that's when linear TV and spending so much on a unit of um, airtime became so popular. Uh, but it the price of the commercials have increased, the airtime has increased exponentially over time, um, sometimes in leaps and bounds. So the year 2000, I think, was transformational because that's when uh, the dot-com boom or bust, as we call, happened. It's 24 years ago. Seems like a long time ago, but not so long ago. Uh, They um, bought about a dozen commercials were purchased by dot-coms, and they really shot the price up for uh, media time or airtime on the network that year. And um, that was the trend that started it. The commercials themselves become so iconic. We take a look, even dating back to the Mean Joe Green Mm Coca-Cola commercial Mm -hmm. of the 70s, 80s, and and even some of the the more recent ones, like the Snickers commercial with Mm -hmm. Betty White or something like that. Mm -hmm. They, They literally do become part of pop culture, don't they? Absolutely. Uh, The Apple 1984 commercial is iconic as well. And that was the trend when they did a two minute commercial. Nobody ever did a movie like iconic commercial and Apple launched it. And incidentally, uh, Apple is Apple Music is sponsoring the halftime show uh, with Usher and doing a seven minute commercial before that um, this year. So it's. it, it's a it's a very interesting phenomenon. Seven million for thirty seconds of airtime, and people are using multiple celebrities, not just one, not just two, sometimes three or four or half a dozen. So, consider the cost of producing a commercial with multiple celebrities, plus paying for the airtime to the network. That's the average of seven million for thirty seconds. Isn't there a danger too that? the commercials themselves become so iconic 
that people tend to forget what the product is that they're advertising? It is, uh, it is a risk that people are taking, but why they are there on this platform is because they want people to remember and enjoy whatever they can about them. So uh, if you remember the running of the um, uh, cats or, uh, you know, they, it was a parody, uh, a parody to the running of the bulls, you know, so those kinds of running of the squirrels, you know, all of those things. Uh, people remember the ads and the animals, but they didn't remember the commercial. But eventually it paid off because it's like, what was that commercial with the running of the squirrels, you know, uh, bulls in Pamplona, uh, whatever that was. But people people are okay with paying for that awareness. You know, if it's a business to consumer product and people are looking at it, Today, more than ever, people are leveraging all of this through social media. So they're sending people to their website. They're sending people to their social media sites. So even if people don't know, uh, scanning QR codes and getting there. So it is changing viewing of a commercial to behavior, not exactly purchase behavior, but actually going to their website and going to their social media sites. Is there something to be said? They're spending $7 million for a 30-second spot, but the commercials are released on YouTube, are released online beforehand. Does it still have the same impact having you know, spent $7 million for it for that 30-second spot? Well, the Super Bowl used to be unique. When I started working on this research, we would see the commercials for the first time on TV that day, and we would eagerly wait for it. And... Sometimes people like me would get some advanced releases. That's all we got. But we were waiting for the first time viewing of the commercial. I personally miss that. I personally miss that experience. However, if I were a company spending $7 million on a 30 seconds of airtime, I would want to leverage that any which way I can and stretch that dollar. So from that perspective, from a company's perspective, it all works out. I think it's better for the company to leverage that 30 second airtime everywhere else on social media, on every other platform. I mean, in in their places of places of consumption, in, you know, um, um, in the taverns, in the pubs, um, in the grocery stores, if they can send the same messaging to leverage that investment that would benefit them the most. So it's benefiting the companies, but there's not that surprise factor, which I personally miss. It's kind of like seeing too much of a of a movie inside of a trailer. If you've seen the trailer, you've kind of seen what the movie is. You might not necessarily go to the movie. Yeah, but sometimes you watch a movie over and over again, right? So there are movies that I will watch multiple times, iconic movies. Similarly, there are commercials I'll never get bored with. And people are wanting to watch, oh, I saw this on social media on the day of the Super Bowl. You're watching in groups of four or more in a party atmosphere. And it's like, well, oh, I can't wait to, until we can watch that commercial, you know. So there's also that phenomenon of uh, a group influence, right? You want you want to be entertained. Without a doubt. And, and the other part of it is the commercials have kind of hit a, they, they're a pendulum in some cases, of, of what society is like, you know, a f- couple of 
decades back or, or in the last 10 years, the GoDaddy ads, for example, mm-hmm. brought, mm-hmm. brought a sexualization mm-hmm. to TV commercials and other companies then followed. But that's they backed away from that now. Well, the thing is that the NFL has to approve and the network has to approve uh, the commercial. So what they will and will not accept um, as a network is up to the network. So so people have tried to use sex appeal. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. And other types of types of messaging, but they they don't necessarily get accepted just because a, a brand wants to advertise doesn't mean they get on the Super Bowl platform. Um, sex appeal, in my opinion, is a very risky proposition um, in any case. But particularly with the Super Bowl, the audiences have changed. People are watching with families as well. Young children are watching. Um, just because CBS has Nickelodeon and they have a separate streaming uh, um, ad. A platform there this year, that doesn't mean the kids aren't going to watch CBS linear TV with the parents. So, so it's a, it's not really a, it's, it's not really a family event, so to speak, but it's a, it's not an appeal that I would recommend using. It's a risky proposition and it's a hit or miss in my research. It's not something that predicts ad likability very clearly. The ad meter comes out the day after in USA Today. And, and do those companies still look at that to see how they place oh, on that? Absolutely. The ad agencies are ranked, rated, depending on how they perform on the ad meter. They want, they don't, well, let me put it this way. They don't want to be in the bottom 10 of the 65 commercials or so. Um, uh, they're on the t- in the top five. They're very happy and their ratings go up and the companies rehire them. So, and in fact, in my research, I say these are the predictors of ad likability, like humor, presence of animals, kids, music, and celebrities, and and you know, sex appeal, hit or miss, product information, all of the above. And I use these factors or predictors to predict ad likability. So I take the ad likability scores and say, like, what predicts ad likability? And and according to my research, it's humor, animals, kids, music. You know, those kinds of things, celebrities. So uh, it's important. It's yeah. important. That ad likability score is important, even though return on investment, financial gains, what do I get for $7 million? That's a whole separate story, and I've studied that too. I was just going to ask you, they're spending $7 million, $6.5 million, $6 million in the years before. Are there numbers to show how much spending that has helped with their bottom lines as far as actually making sales? 
It's a, it's a very interesting question you asked, and it relates back to what you said previously. Previously, we could actually measure that the ad or commercial aired for the very first time on the Super Bowl. And then from that point on, we can say, hey, what happened to their stocks? What happened to their financials? What happened to their sales? However, now the, the ads are being pre-released, so there's not an exact time of you know when the information has been out. However, we can say with conviction that um, the portfolio of Super Bowl brands, the portfolio of companies that are publicly traded, um, that, uh, that advertise on the Super Bowl, their stock, their collective stocks, uh, I've studied them two weeks prior mm -hmm. and the, the Monday before uh, to the Friday after. So a week prior to the week after, they approximately gain overall about a 1%, the overall portfolio of stocks. Mm -hmm. The individual is hard to say. We can, uh, I've studied that as well, but it depends on product category, industry, uh, product type. You know, it's like food and beverage is going to be different because that's going to be consumed on the day off and the day before in, and all of that. What about cars, uh, for example? You know, are people, are people going out and buying cars because they saw a car, uh, BMW being advertised on TV this Sunday. So, so it really depends on the product category as well. So this are all kinds of slicing and dicing when you actually study those stock returns or financial gains yeah, in the you, market. You mentioned the fact that, that the Super Bowl is and has been a family event. And a lot of cases, I'm guessing those ads are then targeted for the families as opposed to decades ago where it was primarily a guys events guys love football and typically the wives and kids didn't really care that much but then the transition thanks to the halftime show thanks to the commercials as well brings the entire family in or brings parties in absolutely and women the percentage of women watching the game not just the commercials has changed and increased and and look at me for example i'm not just analyzing the commercials i'm totally into the football you know and uh, teams and rooting, so it's it's hard for me because then I can't miss the game and I can't miss the commercials. Yeah. You know, where, where so, do you where do you uh, take your bathroom breaks exactly? Well, exactly, you got it, you got it. So, uh, so the the gender composition of the viewership has changed as well, and the age composition. You know, um, earlier I would say, oh, the average age is about thirty five and male, but I can't say that with conviction anymore. It's uh, it's very mixed and. Um, and the commercials also reflect that. Um, you see, um, you know, a, a lot of um, young young women's empowerment, like, you know, Dove does that. Kia is going to do a commercial, you know, um, empowering women and young women in particular, building confidence in them. So that kind of messaging will go only because there's an audience. Let's predict the future here real quickly. It's not going to be long before a Super Bowl We've seen it with the playoffs that it goes specifically to streamers and not necessarily in broadcast networks. Will the commercials change then if they're on streaming only? Well, it is going to be a challenge. It's already a challenge today mm -hmm. because CBS has Paramount mm -hmm. and we don't know who's watching it on Paramount and people are paying seven, the, the companies are paying 7 million for 30 seconds only for linear TV 
on CBS and uh, the streaming on Paramount. CBS is also selling separate commercials for Nickelodeon at 200 to 300,000 and also selling Spanish commercials in its on its Univision for 300 to 400,000. So here's here's one network already cannibalizing its own investment. So companies are really starting to think about in, if it's not linear, are they willing to pay seven million for 30 seconds? That's definitely a question I would ask if I was investing my entire advertising budget in it. Dr. Rama Yelker, thank you so much for the time. You're welcome. Recording stop. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.